supplements have been around since the Greek Olympics. It's even noted by historians that Olympians used to consume bull testicles in hopes of increasing testosterone to help with performance. Pre-workout dates back to the 1980s, which was discovered by bodybuilder Dan Duchesne, who was known as the steroid guru. Pre-workout is a supplement that claims to help increase endurance, focus, and energy during a workout. A major compound found in Dan's pre-workout was called ephedra, which is well known to cause high blood pressure, strokes, seizures, and cardiac arrhythmia. In the early 2000s, pre-workout became more potent and promised a better pump each time. Another common ingredient that was created was DMAA, which according to the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and the National Science Foundation, NSF, is now banned as it has been associated with five deaths. In 2012, a pre-workout called Craze was at the peak of popularity in the bodybuilding and fitness industry, gaining the title of the new supplement of the year by bodybuilding.com. Until the following year, when a report by the NSF came forward stating that a meth-like substance was found in the popular pre-workout and by 2014, the supplement had been removed from the shelves and destroyed. You're listening to Scammed Wellness, hosted by Carissa Grohl. Hello, I'm your host, Carissa Grohl. I have my bachelor's in nutrition and dietetics, and I'm currently working on my master's in human nutrition. Throughout my personal and academic journey, I've discovered the dark side to health and wellness. Scammed Wellness is a podcast dedicated to breaking down the scams, scandals, and swindles within the wellness industry. Personally, storytelling is a method I admire because it allows us to immerse ourselves into the experience, which can help us to better understand the world around us. The wellness industry is a multi-billion dollar business that is fastly growing thanks to social media. Inevitably, this brings misinformation that is not grounded in evidence-based science. I bring you my personal experiences and my scientific knowledge to help you make informed decisions when it comes to your own health and wellness. If you love learning about everything from scammy influencers to botched supplement products and multi-level marketing scandals, then this is the podcast for you. Join me bi-weekly anywhere you listen to your podcast. Be sure to subscribe and thank you for listening. In September of 2002, Bonnie Hull received a call from her daughter, Letta Hull where she told her mom that she doesn't feel well and realizes she's done something stupid. Letta was a senior at a college prep school in America and a talented hockey player. Like most 17-year-olds, Letta became concerned about her weight and took to the internet to find weight loss solutions. To her parents' surprise, Letta had been taking diet pills. That September day, Letta had taken 12 of the diet pills she purchased online. The pills were not in a bottle or properly labeled. They were in a Ziploc bag with 60 DMP written on the bag. DMP was destroying Letta's body from the inside out due to a heat generating chemical reaction. In an interview with US Today, Letta's mother said, Letta was in so much pain she was screaming. 10 hours after taking the DMP, Letta lost her life. 
After the investigation, the diet pills were linked to Matt Cahill. The weight loss pills Letta took contained DNP, which is an industrial chemical used in explosives and pesticides. Matt Cahill created his first supplement business in the early 2000s called Designer Labs, selling the DNP weight loss pill through their website. And you have to keep in mind that supplements are not regulated by the FDA, and in the early 2000s, the internet was also a new arena, which meant no regulations. Cahill was charged with mail fraud and introducing a misbranded drug, DMP, into commerce. But he was not charged with Letta's death. He took a plea deal. Four months after his plea deal in 2004, Cahill started a new supplement company called Designer Supplements, where he created a steroid called Superdraw. In 2005, Cahill sold the patent for Superdraw to a company called Anabolic Resources. In a court case against Anabolic Resources, the CEO claims that they fully trusted Cahill's credentials and believed he was a legitimate scientist creating the formulas for the products he sold, even though Cahill didn't have a degree in any science-related field. Cahill actually admits in court that he had taken some chemistry classes in college, which he later dropped out of, and felt that was enough education to make him credible. On one occasion, Cahill tells the team at Anabolic Resources that he is leaving on a research trip that would be in various locations overseas in search of new ingredients. Turns out, Cahill was actually going to prison for his recent DMP case. Anabolic Resources had already paid Cahill around $182,000 during the Superdraw licensing agreement. While Cahill was in prison, the FDA started getting reports of liver damage due to Superdraw and sent out a warning letter to Anabolic Resources to recall Superdraw. Jareem Gunter was in his senior year at Lincoln University and was on a full scholarship for baseball with the goal to play professionally after college. In 2005, Jareem decided to try Superdraw with the intention of thinking that the supplement can serve as an all-natural dietary aid for his intense workouts without breaking the strict NSF rules. He said he researched the product prior, and the information he read stated that the supplement was all-natural. Within just a few weeks, Jareem started to have liver failure. Doctors allegedly told him that he would need a transplant or he could die. Acute liver failure is a result of taking oral steroids. Jareem would spend weeks in the hospital, recovering, but his doctor stated the condition could come back at any point in his life. To make matters worse, Jareem would lose his full-ride baseball scholarship due to the situation. Jareem sued Anabolic Resources in a case that was settled outside of court. At this time, Anabolic Resources had just filed for bankruptcy protection. However, the case created a lot of pushback in the supplement industry for transparency and how easily something like steroids could find itself on the shelves in grocery and supplement stores. In 2011, Anabolic Resources pleaded guilty to federal charges of introduction and delivery of unapproved drugs into interstate commerce. Once again, Cahill was not charged. Cahill went on to make his third supplement company, Driven Sports, where he listed his wife as CEO and himself as VP of Operations. The company offered several supplement products, but Craze is what launched most of the company's success. The pre-workout Craze hit shelves in online retail stores in 2011. 
The pre-workout claimed to provide more energy and focus. Craze offered a new ingredient called dendrium extract that wasn't found in other pre-workouts. Dendrium is part of the orchid family and found in traditional Chinese medicine to help treat fever. However, there was talk within the supplement industry that dendrium was compared to DMAA, which is an amphetamine that the FDA has banned due to reports of heart and nervous system disorders and death. In 2012, after numerous failed drug tests from competitive athletes, the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency tested a sample of Craze pre-workout. The results from the test showed that Craze contains amphetamine and amphetamine-related compounds. Related compounds means that the compounds resembled amphetamine but were synthetic, meaning they were most likely created in a lab. Due to these findings, Craze was put on the USADA list as a high-risk dietary supplement. Almost a year later, the Swedish National Laboratory of Forensic Science tested a sample of craze and found two substances that are chemically similar to amphetamine. The chemical nomenclature of the substances are phenethylamine and N-ethyl-1-phenylbutantuamine. A report by an assistant director of the University of Mississippi National Center for Natural Products stated that the two stimulants were naturally found in dendrium. Driven Sports denied that craze was spiked and that the pre-workout did not contain amphetamines. Driven Sports went on to accuse other supplement companies for conspiring against Driven Sports in a smear campaign. Additionally, renowned bodybuilder Rob Riches accused Craze for his failed drug test and stated that all of the other products he used prior and that Craze was the newest addition to a supplement regimen. Other athletes supported Riches, claiming similar experiences. So I want to get into the supplement industry and regulation around supplements because, like you, I am shocked that someone like Call Hill went on to continue to make dangerous products that were offered in stores like GNC and Amazon for any consumer to purchase. But before we get into that, I wanna talk more about the meth-like substance part of Craze and why something like this is concerning, which I think we can all agree is. But what does a meth-like substance really mean? And for this question, I had to dig down deep into my organic chemistry brain. However, I want to make it clear that organic chemistry is not my area, but I will try to break this down the best that I can. So I found an article published by the Drug Testing and Analysis Journal that explains the lab tests that were run on craze pre-workout samples. The researchers stated that due to the dendrium orchid extract having phenylethylamines, also known as NNDEPA, an isomer of methamphetamine analog in alpha-DEPA, they tested the supplement for the N-alpha DEPA, which they did find. And at this point, you're probably wondering what an isomer is. And there are different types of isomers, but in this case, um, we're dealing with structural isomers. And a structural isomer of a compound is when another compound has the same amount of atoms of each element, but with distinct bonds between them. And to put that into perspective, the molecular formula is similar, but the structure of each compound is different due to having different bonds. So what does this mean? Was meth even found in craze? And to answer the question um, to that, not necessarily, because the methyl group is in a different location in, in alpha-depa compared to the methamphetamine. However, 
N-alpha-DEPA is an amphetamine, which we know is a nervous system stimulant and highly addictive if abused. The dangers around N-alpha-DEPA is that the stimulant has not been tested on humans regarding the stimulant's level of addictiveness and the adverse effects in humans. We just have no human trials when it comes to this compound, and so we don't know what that can look like on the human body. The label on craze states that the supplement contains several phenylethylamines derived from dendrium orchid that we talked about previously. And based on the review, phenylethylamines include a broad spectrum of chemicals. And the problem is that Driven Sports does not disclose on the craze label that the pre-workout contains an alpha depa. The review also states that the N-alpha-DEPA specifically has not been found in any plant species, including dendrium. And the article goes even further, pointing out that the amount found per serving was less than 20 milligrams, which is a lot. And that strongly shows that N-alpha-DEPA is not a small contaminant, nor an undiscovered trace compound of dendrium, but an actual ingredient. And this means that N-alpha-DEPA didn't just find its way into the product due to not being able to be isolated and removed during manufacturing, but because of the high quantity found per serving, it seems that it was intentionally added. This story alone highlights the lack of regulation around supplements and how dangerous ingredients can find their way into supplements and evidently into the bodies of those trying to seek a healthier lifestyle. It truly shocks me when I hear people talk about what chemicals are found in our food, but these same people are quick to choose supplements over food and are quick to defend a supplement that they most likely are endorsed by. For example, people who sell supplements or those monetarily benefiting from advertising and promoting them, i.e. fitness influencers, who don't really have the credentials to truly understand the ingredients in these products. If you're not aware by now, the FDA does not consider supplements as a food or drug, even though most supplements are consumed and include food ingredients like whey protein and protein powder. This means that supplement companies are not held to the same standards when it comes to quality control, safety, and transparency around ingredients. This is the same reason why Cahill was able to get away with all that he did. You're also probably wondering why this is still an issue, and unfortunately, like most things, it all comes down to politics and greed. The supplement companies spend thousands, if not millions of dollars to fund lobby campaigns in DC to help block policies around the regulation of supplements. And it's also been noted several times that if the supplement industry were to be regulated, the industry would lose money. In my opinion, supplements do have their moment and it can be helpful in certain events. For instance, most people dealing with a health concern like wounds um, or anyone in the hospital, they can benefit from added protein, which protein drinks, protein powders can be really helpful in those situations. I also see the added benefits supplements provide athletes um, under professional supervision. However, supplements are just that. They are to supplement our food intake, not to be the main source. So my main advice when it comes to supplements and wellness products in general is to be skeptical at first. 
Ask your doctor or a registered dietitian about ingredients and supplements that you're interested in taking. Follow experts on social media who break down these topics and provide you with evidence-based information. There's also other resources like the NSF app where you can look up various supplements offered. The NSF does their own third-party testing, which includes label claim reviews to ensure what is on the label is in the product. Toxicology reviews to clarify product formulation is safe for consumption and a contaminant review to ensure the product is not contaminated. It's also important to understand that third-party testing doesn't mean they test the efficacy of these products. So they don't test to see if these products actually work. Oftentimes, researchers will test certain components of supplements like creatine and L-thionine that helps us understand how effective these products are at what they claim to do. In short, most supplement claims are exaggerated when looking at the research, and that's not to say that they don't, don't provide supplemental aid. It means that they are marketing around the supplements is exaggerated, and they tend to use buzzwords such as boost energy and all natural ingredients to convince consumers that the brand they are looking at is the superior brand. At the end of the day, the important thing is that consumers are aware and have options and resources to make the choices that best fit their overall lifestyle and health goals. Rule of thumb that I always recommend to people when it comes to supplements is choose food first. Look at ways you can incorporate more fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and protein sources into your day-to-day -day eating patterns. And also assess your budget. Supplements are pricey, and for something that might not even do what you think it does, that cuts into your budget. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you love learning about everything from scammy influencers to botched supplement products and multi-level marketing scandals, then this is the podcast for you. Join me bi-weekly anywhere you listen to your podcast. Be sure to subscribe, and thank you for listening. Stick around to hear where everyone is today. Craze pre-workout might have won the 2012 new supplement of the year, but by 2014, Craze was removed from shelves and all existing stock was destroyed. The criminal charges regarding Cawhill were dropped and neither the FDA or Cawhill's attorney opened up as to why. Dream went on to focus his career on education and provides lectures to student athletes, educating them on the supplement industry. I couldn't find an update on Letta Hole's parents, but I'm sure they are just trying to heal from such an awful situation. Sadly, knowing Cahill still hasn't been held accountable for his actions. <laughs>